Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Rick Hackman. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 2 through 16. And Rob, before we break open the bread of life, let's invite the Holy Spirit in to help us and see how God wants to speak to our hearts today. I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for choosing us uh, just to be here to serve you. And, And we ask you, Lord, please to guide our conversation today. Uh, we have an opportunity to, to read your word and to let it sink into our hearts, Lord, to please guide our conversation, help us to have hearts that are open to receive the challenges that you're going to give us. And, and please, Lord, give us the courage each day to live your word as husbands, as fathers, as wives and mothers, sons and daughters, brothers, sisters, friends. Help us to live your word in every aspect of our lives so that we can be your hands, your feet in, in the community and in our families and everywhere we go. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, the Father Son, and the Son, and the, Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I'd love to. The gospel is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 through 16. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's interesting. There's so, so many directions we can go with this reading. And, uh, you know, coming off of the Pope's visit, uh, what an amazing, amazing weekend for, 
for our, our area, for our country, for the world. Uh, what a gift we have in Pope Francis and the challenges that he put out there for us uh, as, as families. And here it's talking about you know, husbands and wives and marriage. And you know, that's the start of a family. And for a long time, I always thought that family started when you had your first kid. Uh, but when you get married, that's, that's family. You are family. And, and really, um, he called us to, to just a, a simple, authentic love, to love in the little ways starting in our family. And for, for families, uh, for, for men and women that get married before kids, that, that's the family. And even after kids, that's your primary uh, call is to love after God, is to love your, your spouse first and foremost. And, and, you know, and that, that should be your first human relationship. And he gave a challenge. Pope Francis gave a challenge that, that really is still ringing in my, in my, my ears, my heart, my mind, uh, that, that the true sign of our love is and our, and our patience is how do we love those in our family? How do we love those that we live with each and every day? How patient are we? Um, how do we speak to them? And, and that's hard sometimes because there's a lot of history in families and, and we're together. And sometimes we give the best to everybody on the outside and then we give the leftovers at home. And, uh, and, and that's, that's not what we're called to do. So uh, through God's grace, just you know, asking our Lord to help me and help all those listening uh, you know, for us to, to give the first and the best love. Uh, after God, to those in our families, starting with our spouses for those who are married. That's beautiful, Rob. And you know, as Pope Francis was down there all week and the weekend as he gave the Mass and, and the different events and listened to every words he, he spoke, and the words he spoke were truth with love and they pierced the heart. Here's what they weren't. They weren't judgmental, they weren't condemning, and they weren't accusing because those are all tactics of the enemy. Instead, he delivered the truth he was unabashed, but he delivered it with love, and it pierced the heart of the listener. And I love the fact that Pope Francis recognizes that we're in a broken world. There's a lot of broken people, a lot of broken marriages, and he's calling us to love these people, these people who've gone through horrific pains where they're at, to be invitations back into relationship with Christ, back into relationship with Holy Mother Church. And this gospel reading for me is, is basically the bulwark of what the church uses, which the church is the bulwark and foundation of truth to help us understand how do we do that? What does it look like? When we look at the first part of this, we see the question is asked to test him. Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? Well, you see, that question in of itself is failed because lawful means something that would relate to a contract, a contract to be two, between two people to be joined together that can be broken by what? By writing this, uh, this decree, a bill of decree that says, uh, you know what? A bill of divorce and dismiss her. And Jesus corrects them and says, no, no, no. From the beginning, it was not so. It's not a contract. It's a covenant because marriage on earth is to be an icon, a window, a lens through which people here on earth can see the beauty and the truth of the eternal exchange of love between the Father and the Son, which is life-giving, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Marriage is free, total, faithful, and yes, 
fruitful. So our marriage is an icon and a lens through which we are an invitation to the banquet, an invitation to the eternal exchange of love. So it's not a contract. It's a covenant. And here's what it goes on to say. Jesus says, what Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. You cannot break a covenant. In order to break a covenant which Israel, which represents the bride of Christ, as we represent the bride of Christ, the church, broke the covenant with God. One of us had to pay the price of the broken covenant, and the price was one of us had to die. So God chose to invite his son Jesus to come to earth to do what? Become one of us and to pay the price for each and every one of us that we couldn't pay for the breaking of the covenant. So Jesus came and gave up his life to renew the new covenant, God with man in, through, and with Jesus Christ. So we as Catholics totally understand, and it's the church teaching for 2,000 years, there's no such thing as divorce in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church can't separate what God has joined. So in its infinite beauty and truth, the church, thank you, Lord, takes us back to the beginning when the two individuals said, I do. It's called the annulment process and looks at that and says, were these two individuals in a state of grace that they truly could have entered into a covenantal bond, which is unbreakable till death do they part? Were they able to do that? And that process, yes, can take three, can take six, nine, 12, 18 months. Pope Francis wants to shorten that time, but I think that time, because I myself went through it, that time is healthy. It's a time of healing. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of understanding, allowing the Holy Spirit to help you understand and me understand what truly marriage is. It's a covenant. It's a gift of oneself fully and completely to the other. So that time, that annulment process is a time of beautiful healing. And you know what? If it takes nine months, it's okay. If it takes 12 or 18, it's okay. Why? Because it's about that relationship, that ever-growing intimate relationship with God and that he wants to restore so that if the church in our total obedience, not our opinion, Rob, we surrender our opinion to the obedience of the church. If Holy Mother Church chooses through the guidance of the Holy Spirit that the first marriage was never sacramental, it truly wasn't by God, it was a human agreement, a contract, as they point out here, you know, a lawful, but it wasn't God it wasn't a sacrament because one or both of the two participants weren't able to enter into it truly and fully. If they choose that an annulment is granted, then we are free in all humility to walk out a life that potentially is single, if that is what God's choice is, or open, if God chooses, to bring the gift of that one spouse into our lives. So, you know, this is beautiful, Rob, beautiful, and it's challenging. And a couple of words I circled as you were sharing, David, uh, one was dismiss her. And just hearing that, it's like, man, like, like, like she's a piece of property, you know, just d- dismiss her. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're equal. We're created, you know, in God's image and likeness. So 
men and women, husbands or wives are equal, we're different. We're unique, but we're equal. And if we truly embrace our masculinity as men and, our, and, and women, the, the, the beauty, the feminine genius, as Pope John, Saint, Pope John Paul II says, if we both embrace that, the, the, the beauty of the difference uh, and that comes together, man, what a, what a solid relationship that would be. And, uh, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, the, the one section here hit home, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And I think that's, that's hard for a lot of people. For me as a, you know, being the youngest in an Italian family, you know, the, the youngest boy, you know, uh, you get spoiled and sometimes it's hard to, to leave the security of mom and dad uh, and and be joined to your to your wife, um, but we must, you know, that 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 relationship, that human, that needs to be the first human relationship that's out there. And no matter how many years you're married, ten years, twenty years, two years, are are you learning? Are you growing? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to change you? Or am I allowing the Holy Spirit to change me? Or is it is it is it a broken record? Is it is it the same year over and over and over again? Um, and for me, you know, I've fallen into that where you put your marriage on autopilot and you think everything's good. You know, we have five kids, we have, we're busy and, and we kind of just do our thing and, and the, the, the house is running, the kids are running, the kids are busy and we just kind of get into a rut, into an autopilot and that's not good. And, uh, you know, God can, God can make all things new. And I think if we're open to, uh, to allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal in our hearts, where have we put our marriage and in, you know, for those who are not married, put the most important relationships. Where have we put the most important relationships in our lives on autopilot? Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that and then ask Holy Spirit to change our hearts. Uh, then I think we can be in for some, some beautiful springtime in all of our relationships. Absolutely. And again, I, I want to go to this next sentence that's in the second paragraph. It says, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Our Catholic Church teaches if you get a separation or you get a divorce and you do not remarry, you may receive the Eucharist. You are not living in a state of sin. It is only if you go through that separation or that divorce and then that divorce and then remarry that adultery comes into play because you haven't been obedient to Holy Mother Church to walk it out, walk out that beautiful, beautiful gift of the annulment process to help you heal and understand where you were when you first said your yes and what makes you okay to be able to say one now. So to anybody out there in a listening audience, if you are separated, if you are divorced but not remarried and you are living, going to the sacrament of reconciliation, staying clean with God, the sacrament of the Eucharist is open to you. It is the spiritual field you need to help you get through this journey. It says it right here. You know, as a child, go to God and say, Lord, I can't make it through this. Help me. And that total dependency on God to help you walk through the annulment process, to help you walk through this horrible separation and or divorce that's what it's telling us. Go as a child, put your total trust in God, you know, be totally dependent on him to help you walk this out and then walk it out with Holy Mother Church in surrender and obedience to her and let her help you through this annulment process. And if you have gotten remarried without going through the whole with the annulment process, it's what Pope Francis is calling us back to. Come back to Holy Mother Church, fill out the paperwork walk it out, walk it through, and trust in God 
surrendered, surrendered to the Holy Spirit working in Holy Mother Church and walk it out. I promise you, as I walked it out, it is a time of healing. It is a time of restoration. It is a time of renewal and rebirth and restoring and rebooting or um, rebooting our heart, our passion, our desire to God first, and then allowing God to love our spouse through us. And there's a beautiful prayer in our our prayer book that we have at Stewardship Mission of Faith, and it's available to anyone who wants one or or a bunch to to give out. Uh, just just get in touch with us, and we'll we'll send them to you. It's it's the prayer of love. And uh, why don't we just take a little little break in the action to, to pray this prayer. And, and wherever you hear the word love, just place your name there. So this is a good examination for all of our, our relationships. You know, how are, we, um, how are we being God's love in those? So let's, let's pray. Lord, please grow me in your truths of love. Grant me the grace to love, to live them out each day of my life. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Love rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. Love never fails. Faith, hope, and love always remain, the greatest of which is love. And that's beautiful, Rob, because the most important thing for our listeners to understand is in a relationship between a man and a woman, it first starts with the primary relationship with God, each individually, because God is love. And so as you, as a husband or as a wife or as a young man courting the heart of the beloved daughter of God, you know, his daughter, you got to get your relationship right with God first and foremost. He must be first in our lives. He must sit on the throne of our hearts because God wants to flow his love through you. And I'm going to use myself as an example. God wants to flow his love, God the Father, through me to his precious daughter, my wife. God the Son, Jesus, wants to flow his love through me to his treasured sister, my wife. And God the Holy Spirit wants to flow his love through me to his beloved bride, my wife. So it's my morning prayer, Lord, flow your love through me to your daughter, your sister, your bride. Help me to love her purely and passionately all the days of my life. I'm telling you, that's what it is, Rob. So in any relationship, if there's a, if there's a problem in the relationship between the husband and a wife, there is a kink and a problem in the relationship with either one or both with God, because Christ is supposed to be present in each of us. And I need to see Christ present in my bride. I need to, she needs to see Christ present in me. So uh, to the extent that he's not present, it can cause us to fall prey to the enemy who's always looking to divide and conquer. 
The battle cry of the enemy is divide and conquer. Our prayer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is unity in the body. So for me, crying out to God, we can't do it without him. Coming to him, as it says in the second paragraph here, as a child and say, Lord, help me love your daughter. Help me love your sister. Help me purely and passionately love your bride. That daily, daily. And then, Lord, refine me. I can't change her. She's your child. She's built by you to be a responder to Christ. So, Lord, purify me. So that's that's what I'm getting, rather. I mean, that is is the image of likeness of God is what we're created in. St. Paul says, it's no longer I, but Christ that lives in me. You know, and, and quite honestly, even though I went through a civil divorce with 15 children and and went through the, all that pain, went through two and a half years of living alone, and then and then by the grace of God under spiritual direction, courted the heart of my beloved to then be married in a in a covenant marriage, only by the grace of God. But I had to be prepared by God. I had to have my whole basically body, my heart, my mind renewed and rebooted so that I could properly court the daughter of God the Father my beloved bride. And you know what? It was nothing short of a miracle, a miracle. But it took obedience to Holy Mother Church, obedience to the spiritual director of a beautiful priest to be able to walk it out correctly, correctly, and to walk out an annulment process. And my wife is not a Catholic. She had to walk out an annulment process. And she didn't even understand. And I told her, I said, you know, I mean, you know what? She knew in her heart I was chosen by God for her. And she walked it out in obedience to Holy Mother Church, even though she's not Catholic. So our story, which I, I put actually to pen, and we actually are produce, putting a book out, is just beautiful of blended families and, and walking out that truth in obedience to Holy Mother Church. It really is, Rob. It's a, it's a childlike trust, and, and Jesus gets us to that point. Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And, uh, and that, that trust that you had in the process and, and in God's plan is, is, is a childlike trust. And God can do a lot with that childlike trust. And, and you were ready because you loved uh, the Eucharist so much. You knew in your heart and your, your beloved as well that, you know, if, if it didn't go down oh, that's the road it. that it went down, that's right. that, that you, you— She knew the first two weeks when I, when I started to court her heart. I told her if the church would come back and say no— we would it would be over it'd be over and and you know that I love it here in in the word that Jesus used. when Jesus saw this he became indignant when we are the Pharisees and we look at people who have gone through horrific things like divorce you know and separation and divorce and the pain that they suffered in their heart and we judge them and we accuse them and we condemn them I think God is rattling our cage to say stop that. You are called to love them. You are called to be an invitation to draw them back in relationship to, with Christ, back into relationship to Holy Mother Church, not to drive them away. And I'm telling you, right here it says, you know, don't prevent them. They want to, they want to rebuke them. Well, gee, has anybody in the church ever rebuked a couple that's been divorced and, oh my goodness, now they've gotten remarried? Yes, they have. They've judged them. They've accused them. And they've condemned them. And I think that's what Pope Francis is saying, stop. He's not changing church teachings. where He's going to remain obedient to them. But he says, do it with 
mercy, with love, with compassion. Help them on their journey. Help them carry their cross. Don't kick them on the way. And, and we're all God's children, and, and it's beautiful just the image that we see at the end that all I mean, through our love, we are the front porch to the church, right? Anyone that's away and they encounter us, we are the front porch to the church. What are they meeting? Are they meeting love and joy and mercy and peace? Are they being welcomed with hospitality? Because at the end of this gospel, then he, Jesus, embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them, right? So if we are inviting as the front porch of the church, if we are inviting people back with love, then we just have to trust that God's going to take care of the rest. We, we are not the Savior, right? We are not the Savior. So through our love, through our mercy, through our kindness, through our reaching out, through our listening, we have to trust that we, through our love, can open the door for people to come back, for Jesus' children to, to come to him. Then he will embrace them. And he will bless them. Yes. And he will place his hands on them. And the greatest gift we can give to our former spouse is to pray for them, to forgive them and to pray for them every day. And, you know, I've got a little thing here that Father George gave me, which changed my life and helped me stay on the course that I'm on today. And it's this, and it's for every listener, that the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. It's a trap of the enemy. It's where we go backwards. God doesn't live there. And it's a trap. Don't do it. It only causes despair. The future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. I like to call that the what if roller coaster ride. What if he this? What if she that? What if he this? What if she that? And it, it's another trap of the enemy. And it's meant to rob and steal what? The present moment, which is a gift from God to be open and lived in love. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care. Today is a new day. Jesus Christ paid the price to set you free. He gave his life for each and every one of us. Our mistakes, if we go back to the sacrament of reconciliation, we confess our sins, we are forgiven. If we have that contrite heart and we are a new creation in Christ at that moment, I can tell you in my own life, God restored my virginity so that I could truly and purely court the heart of my beloved. He's inviting each and every one of you. He wants you at the table of the Eucharist. He's inviting you back to Holy Mother Church. He's inviting you back to an ever-deepening, intimate relationship. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, 
May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.